actually, you know what, I'm going to start with an introduction here. There's something on my heart as they want to just kick this off for the second week in our series of Overcomers, and after I share it, then we'll pray. How about that? <clears throat> How many have heard the Star Spangled Banner? It's the national anthem of the United States. The lyrics came from uh, the defense of Fort McHenry, a poem written on September 14th in uh, uh, 1814 by a 35-year-old lawyer and amateur poet, Francis Scott Key. After witnessing the bombardment of Fort McHenry by British ships of the Royal Navy in Baltimore Harbor during the Battle of Baltimore in the War of 1812, so he penned this as actually four uh, courses or four segments of the verses here, and we usually sing this at the beginning of a car race or some uh, sporting event, and it says, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? And then there's this last part that everyone who doesn't know the words to us really shout out, right? And it says this, over the land and the free of the free and the home of the brave. Can we all say that now as I lead in? Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yeah, fearful. The land of the fearful. The pandemic has shown how America has changed for the worse. Come on, somebody. Our American ancestors were incredibly courageous people, but today we live in fear. We live in fear. Fear of illness, fear of our fellow neighbors now, fear of intellectual diversity, fear of different ideas, fear of climate change, and fear of dying from COVID. Can I get an amen? Listen, the world has never stopped before because of a virus. <clears throat> How did Americans become so conditioned to be so fearful? Let's pray. Father, we humble ourselves before you, and I know in and of myself have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me and give to your people, those that are watching online, we pray a special blessing over their life as they are tuning in. We thank you, Lord, for, for all of those people, those that are here today and those who will be watching on a local uh, a station here in Alexandria and the surrounding community. We bless them now, and I just thank you uh, to give me utterance to declare your word to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, uh, to, uh, we've got a number of scriptures here, but Romans chapter 8, or if you want to pull it up on your iPads or your phones, Romans 8, 31 to 39 has been our text. Next. And I subtitle this, Are You the One? Are You the One? And last week we kind of defined a conqueror and then what more than a conqueror is. How many remember that? And we said this, that a conqueror, and there's many ways you could probably define it, a conqueror is someone that gets set free and maybe they're free out of poverty or they're free out of maybe an addiction, drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be, maybe an anger problem, I don't know, just you're delivered out of that, but so, so you overcome in that situation. You think, you know what, no one in my family went to college, but I went to college, I got a college degree and, 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 and you know, you just, you, you, you've kind of conquered in that. And we said that someone who is an overcomer is they don't just revel in that the rest of their life. 
kind of live their life. No, they go back to help others. Can I get an amen? They go back to rescue others. They go back to, 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 to return, to deliver others. And, and that's actually what an overcomer is. And you know what? God has called us all to be overcomers. Okay, thank you for those few amens. To be overcomers, to, to take courage, to be people of courage. John 16, 33, uh, Jesus said, I have told you this so that you might have peace in your hearts. Peace in our hearts, wow. This year, it seems peace has been fleeting in people's hearts. Because of me, while you're in this world, you're going to have to suffer. Jesus made it really clear. But cheer up, I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. You know, I actually looked that up. That means Jesus said, I have conquered fears. I have conquered temptations. I've conquered everything for you. And you think, well, that's great. You did that. How does that help me, pastor? Well, as I looked that up, and Jesus actually meant this. He said, I have already accomplished. I have already won the victory. If you let me, come on, watch this. I will put my overcoming spirit into your weakness mm. and fill you with my victorious life is what Jesus is saying. I will be in you the conquering and omnipotent power to overcome. That's what that means. Can I get an amen? amen. And so when Jesus said, I've conquered the world, he didn't just do it for himself, he did it for us. God has called us to be a people that overcomes. And so last week we talked in Romans 8, 39, when the scripture says, what shall we say then in response to these things? And I'm not going to take the time to, to go all through with that verse. <clears throat> it says there in Romans 8, 37, and we kind of focused on this part here, knowing all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors in him who loved us. And we said that that actually means in the Greek, in Jesus Christ, you are a overwhelming. Someone shout overwhelming. Thank you. Overwhelming conqueror, a paramount victor, an enormous overcomer. Uh, yeah, right, Pastor. I don't feel like that. You know, there's a judge, the fourth judge in the Old Testament, uh, that kind of got sick and tired of the oppression of the Canaanites. This is in 1257 BC. And this individual was fed up. It wasn't a commanding officer, it wasn't uh, a king. You know what it was? Her name was Deborah. It was a woman. Thank God for women. Thank God for women that overcome. And this woman said, I had enough. <clears throat> kind of like a Popeye moment. It's all I can stand. I can't stand it no more. How many of I loved Popeye? <clears throat> Spinach? Yeah. <clears throat> but, and so she had this Popeye moment, and the God of all creation came upon her, and she says one word in Judges chapter 4 to the king. Uh, excuse me, not to the king. It's actually the, the military general. His name is Barak. So here's a military general, four-star general, who was afraid. He was timid. He was fearful. And so Deborah says this one word to him, up, get up. <laughs> who would it be like, man, if a woman said that to you and you're a little timid? Up, get up. We're going to go conquer. We're going to overcome these Canaanites. He said, okay, get 10,000 men together. Okay, and... She said, let's go conquer. And he said, well, only if you go with me. And she said, okay, if I go with you. But know this, when the victory is wrought, it's not going to be because of you. It's going to be because of God worked a victory through a woman. And she wasn't even speaking about herself because if you read the rest of the text, you find out it was a woman that, that took out the king. So without getting into all of that, but you know what? That, that, that speaks to me today when I think about it. God is looking for overcomers. And the word today is up, get up. 
Some of you are like, mm-hmm, yeah, right, Pastor? Mm-hmm, if you only knew what I'm going through, you know. And I shared last week, and I ended the service about a hammer. How many remember that we hear the illustration of hammer? And this 2020 has been like a hammer. And a hammer is, is used for great things. Construction can build, and I showed up a hammer I had here for, I bought 25 years ago. It still works, you know, and it's still, it's still effective, but I've smashed my finger with a hammer. I've hit myself in the hammer, and once I did that, I threw that hammer. I let that hammer sit in water for a while, and it rusted but I cleaned it up. But you know what? It's not the hammer's fault. Amen? Life will hit you like a hammer. It's what you do after that. That's right. Amen, Pastor Mike. <clears throat> so Paul is asking this question in, in Romans 8.37. He said, is there any evil in the world that can make Christ stop loving a man or a woman that clings to him? And he shouts, no, no, there's nothing. It's Jesus Christ's great love for us that helps us to conquer, men. <clears throat> and so God will use, and we'll touch on a little bit of this here this morning, briefly, he's going to use hardships. He's going to use these things, what the devil means for evil, to turn it around for his good. Because how many know that God is training us to reign with him? And how many know if it's sunny and it's perfect weather, 78 Maybe 82, come on somebody, sunny, low breeze, seven mile an hour wind. Your life is like that all the time. You can say, I'm an overcomer. That's not when you become an overcomer. Now is when you become an overcomer. Now is when, you know, the line is drawn in the sand. You're like, what do I believe? What do I believe about the Bible? What do I believe about church and God's church? And what do I believe about all of that? This is the time to dig deep. Can I get an amen? Actually in Romans 8, 19, it says, in fact, all creation is eagerly waiting for God to what? Show who his children are. Did you get that? He's eagerly waiting for them to stand up and go, that's my children. Those are my kids. And so the word today is, are you the one? Turn your Bibles, you would, to Job chapter 1. You can pull that up. Job chapter 1, verse 15. Job chapter 1, verse 15. And, and I just want to touch on a familiar verse here and People have preached about it, but I just think it's appropriate here for this morning. And I want to challenge you all here this morning. Are you the one? <clears throat> Are you the one? Job chapter 15. It talks about Job and all of his wealth. And I won't take time to read the whole chapter. And then it talks about how God had blessed him and then how Satan comes in and said, he only serves you because you bless him. Take everything away and he'll curse you to your face. And that's what happened. The Lord said, okay, well, he's in your hand, but don't touch his life. And all hell breaks out in Job's life. <clears throat> now watch this in Job chapter 1 verse 15. It says, when the Sabians raided them, so the, Satan, it said, Satan came immediately and he went to destruction in his life. <clears throat> and some of you need to recognize this morning that your problems are not with God. Your problems are with the devil. Some of you need to take charge of the devil. It's like, why is all this thing happening? Let somehow God is allowing all of this in your life, all your troubles. No, sometimes you need to take authority. And just say, you know what? I'm not going to have that in my family. I'm not going to allow that. No, we're going to not allow that fear to possess us in our life. I'm not going to be afraid of everyone. Can I get an amen? amen. Some of you wonder, oh, God, where did we come to this church this morning? <clears throat> when the Sabians raided them, took them away, and indeed had killed the servants with the edge of the sword. So Job's hearing this, and this guy comes in. And then now listen to these words in chapter 1, verse 15. He said, I alone have escaped to tell you. So while he's speaking, he didn't even end. Another guy comes in and said, fire of God fell from heaven, burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them. And here it is again. Watch this. I alone have escaped to tell you. Friends, anytime you see in the word of God, things are repeated, 
God's trying to get our attention. And that's actually a sermon. Can I get an amen? He's trying to he say over and over the sermon. God wastes no verses. And if he says something over and over again. He's trying to get our attention. Now watch this. And so now this passage kind of uh, sounds a lot like 2020. Doesn't it? I was like, hey, that sounds, that's real appropriate, <laughs> that verse right there. I mean, it's not like we've dealt with one thing, like maybe the housing crash in 2008 or, or 9-11. You know, everyone remembers where they're at, you know, at that time. And, well, we're fighting terrorists now. Now we're dealing with that and for, for over a few decades. And, and I remember, this dates me, the gas shortage. Come on, 1973, line up. My uncles used to have a gas station in upstate New York. They had an SO. And, and I just remembered as a kid, let's see, 64, 74, I I was nine years old. I remember going up there and, and then they would put out a sign. The cars were a quarter of a mile down the street. And then the last car would say, go get that sign, put it there. And it would say, and I had to be the guy, go in and put that sign and say, no more gas after this. And the people were like honking their horns. They were furious. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, six hours they'd wait to get gas. And some people had a full tank. Watch this. And they just waited and they went down to maybe three quarters of a tank. They just wanted to top it off because they were afraid. There'd be without gas. Come on, somebody. Fear has gripped our nation. Fear has terrorized the American people. Terrorized them. It's going to take a while to come out from under that. But I'm believing today, many of you will be set free from that spirit of fear. Can I get an amen? So in 2020, it's been one thing after another and after another. This violence, this rioting, this corruption. We've got these lockdowns, emotional trauma, this China virus, and one thing after another after another. And you notice in Job chapter 1, verse 17, while he's still speaking, another messenger comes. And as the, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. So he stole, they stole all his stuff, put the servants to the sword, killed all your servants. I alone am the one who has escaped, to tell you. Mm. So now we already have two incidents. This one guy escapes, then the other guy escapes, and then the second crisis in verse 17. And, and, then, and, so, and so it goes on. These Chaldeans formed three bands. They raided the camels and took them away. They killed your servants. And, and some of your employees got upset in 2020, and they, they were tipped over. Or some people left your church. And, 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 but I alone have escaped. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. I alone have escaped. And then in verse 18, while he was speaking, is a heavy one. Another one came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating Thanksgiving dinner without your governors noticing. They had more than six people at the dinner. It was just not right. And the oldest brother's house, suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house and fell on the people. Job, I'm sorry. They're all dead. For all are dead. But I alone have escaped. Hmm. What does Job do in the worst trial of his life? What does Job do? Job 1.20. Job stood up. Watch this. See, you can only tell the level of your spirituality in a situation like this. You can't. <clears throat> Job stood up, tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. Amazing. Who is this guy? I mean, think about it. If Job, watch this, if Job was ever to quit, right? This was the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Some of you have already quit. You've already quit. But you're here this morning. God's throwing a lifeline to you. If he's ever going to lose his faith in God, this was the time to do it. If he ever had an excuse to say, that's it, I'm out, I'm done, I can't take it anymore. This was 
Job in this moment. He had really, you could say, Job had a right to do it at this moment. I mean, you look at his situation, like, that's right, man, you, you had a right. He could have even said, you know what? I'm believing God anymore. Disengaged from church, this whole thing. Got too many things hitting me like a hammer, one thing after another. Heard this negative thing, that negative thing, this, and it's not ending now again. Now a new strand, now, you know, all this stuff. If anyone had a reason to quit, it was Job to say, you know what, I don't believe in anything anymore. The Bible says Job's response in the midst of this hellish situation said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I just put, wow, right after that. Amazing. How do you gauge how spiritual you are? It's in the midst of pain. It's in the midst of trials. It's in the midst of difficulty. It's in the midst of someone criticizing you because of your work. It's in the midst of uh, a, a difficulty or a character issue in your life that somebody points out that hurts you and you don't like that. And it's, it's in all of these things. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. Let me just inject this. Don't feel bad. Because even the great apostle Peter, <clears throat> uh, one of the 12, in the midst of a crisis, how many know he denied Jesus? You know, right? Three times. Not once, three times. And the Bible actually said that he actually cursed. And I don't know, you know, you look it up, I heard both sides on it, rant and rage. He said, I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. Three years, every day, live, walk with him. <clears throat> and now, not only that, it's not something that I have inside information. Every Bible has what he did. Isn't that right? For all of eternity. And it tells me, watch, number one, that we're all human. And if you cut us, we bleed. Isn't that right? God understands that. But number two, it tells us, unless God intervenes in our life by the power of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and we take a step to be courageous, how many of you know that we're all cowards? Right. It's true. It's true. So this morning, I want to focus not on that, but I want to focus on are you the one? Are you the somebody that's going to return? Are you the somebody that's going to overcome this morning? Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Will you be the one that makes it out? Will you be the one that lives through this and says, you know what, in 2020, it was a difficult time, but we've come through. You listen, I'm speaking to people that are all alive. Can I get an amen? amen. All right? You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. <clears throat> Tell the story. You're the one that's going to overcome. <clears throat> it's so hard, Pastor. Lost my job. Lost my business. These are real Real things that are striking our nation. Heavy, heavy spouses, situations, home situations. My friends, my fam, family, people. Friends been so hurtful. Some have been hurt by friends. You've been betrayed by them. There's hateful situations at work and you go to public places. It's just, just, it's just it's so much. And see, here's the thing I want you to hear this morning. When it looks like, I don't know if we're going to survive all this. Somebody always survives. Somebody always overcomes. Somebody always comes out and is a victor. Are you going to be that person? Amen. Come on, somebody need to wake up right now. Are you going to be that person to overcome? Can I get an amen? <clears throat> somebody will return. Somebody will overcome. Somebody in this 2020 mess will still choose to follow God. So, oh, I'm just going to preach right here for a moment. Somebody will still decide to live pure when everyone decides, well, everybody's doing it. I'm not. Somebody's still going to read their Bible in 2020. Somebody's still going to pray in 2020. Somebody's still going to seek God in 2020. Come on, somebody. Somebody's still going to worship God in 2020. Somebody's still going to go to church in 2020. Somebody's still going to witness in 2020. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, maybe not me, maybe not you, but somebody will. Are you that somebody to come out? Can I get an amen? Think God's getting through to some of you right now this morning. Hallelujah. Will you be that somebody? Hallelujah. 
<clears throat> you know, have you noticed those who've been through real difficult trials? No matter how severe it was. And I, like, I really enjoy listening to stories, some of the, you know, the old folk. Come on, you know, like, hey, uh, uh, can you help me? I'm newly married, and I don't know how to make this work, you know. And, and you guys married 52 years, and you still love each other. Had to add that in there, amen? <laughs> like, how did you do it? Can I get an amen? Come on, you young couples, right? How did you do it? Well, <laughs> you know, and then you, you get a nugget and you thought it was deep, but at the time it's really not deep. You just got to hang on and press in and love Jesus, amen? <laughs> and each other and forgive a lot, amen? Come on, forgive a lot. Admit a lot. Humble yourself. I don't know why I got on that, but somebody needs that. I'm going to survive. There's always somebody. There's always somebody. See, what takes others out, what takes others down, what causes others to give up, what causes other people to let their dream die, there's always somebody who's going to, who's going to get out of it and come through, and, and they're going to tell their story, and, and they're going to say, yes, it was, it was really hard. It was really trying. Oh, I'm not trying to minimize that. This was tough. This was agonizing. This was devastating. This was heart-wrenching. This was breaking our hearts. This was the most painful thing, but, but I survived. Amen. I survived. I came through it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody's always going to make it through. Somebody's always going to make it through. You know, the devil, the devil never has, has and never will get everybody. Do you know that? Yeah, there's an element of power that he has in this earth, and a lot has been advocated by a lot of you know, people that let him, and, and, and they submit to him and his lies. But Jesus said this, upon this, watch this, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. That's a good time to say amen. amen. Somebody's going to make it through, and it might as well be you. Amen? Something difficult, extremely painful things. You know, and here's the thing. The devil, he likes to whisper all of us. And you need to discern his lying whisper. You do, because you think like, well, when the devil comes, there's going to be a breeze at night, and it's going to be cold, and something's going to, you know, shatter on the shelf, and you're going to be a little like, oh my, the devil's here. No, it's a simple whisper. You could be worshiping, and the voice of the devil could try to come in. And you just get out of here in Jesus' name. And you still worship. Amen? See, he's not, not, not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. But he works through suggestion. He works through thought. You know what? It's too much. Nobody else has made it through this mess. Nobody else could really stand through this mess. You know, all these things are against me. I can't live through this. So, so why are you even trying? And like in Japan, over 17,000 young people, more, more suicides in Japan than COVID deaths. 17,000 people jump off buildings, jump in front of trains, all youth, most of them teenagers. Why? Because it's just your life's not worth it. You can't make it. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Don't listen to the whispering lies of the devil. How many know the devil is a liar? God has somebody that will always survive. Whether it's Noah who builds an ark to save his family, or baby Moses in a little basket that escapes down the Nile River, or a Daniel thrown in a lion's den, or baby Jesus where Herod tried to kill him. Can I get an amen? God always has somebody that's going to survive and escape and overcome. It might as well be you. Amen? Um, we'll wind down here. You know, many of our troubles are 
They're there to strengthen us, not destroy us. How many know what the enemy means for evil? God will turn and say, okay, you meant that for evil. I'm going to reshape that and turn that for the good of my son and my daughter. And what you marred, what you scarred, I'm going to turn those scars into something that will use to bless and help others and rescue others and not take them out. So that's why we need to cling to the Lord in our difficulties. Amen? Uh, there's an illustration. Some of you have probably heard this. Uh, about the cod and the catfish. I thought it was just appropriate. I'm just going to read it. Some of you may have heard it, but of those who have not. It says, at the turn of the century, codfish were in much demand on the East Coast. News of the tasty fish quickly spread across the country all the way to the West Coast. There was, however, a problem. Uh, how could they get the codfish across the country and still keep the codfish fresh? So they tried to freeze the fish and send it by rail and the fastest means at the time. But then when it was prepared... When they cooked it, it turned out that it was mushy and that the codfish still lacked flavor. Then someone decided to ship the fish live. So they turned the, the railroad cars into huge saltwater aquariums. And when the codfish arrived, they were alive, but they also were prepared. They were still were mushy and tasteless. So then, now watch this. This is interesting. After a while, they studied him. They said, hmm. After studying the codfish, someone discovered that the natural enemy was the catfish of the cod. The natural enemy. <laughs> and so this time, when the codfish were put in the tank, they placed a few catfish in them. Those catfish chased the cod all the way across the country, all the way to the west coast. This time, when the cod were prepared, they were flaky. They had the same flavors they did when they were caught fresh, prepared on the east coast. You see, the catfish, watch this, kept the cod from becoming stale. Somebody needs to say, man, oh me. See, the point is this. Life puts catfish in our tank on purpose. And as we progress through life, light will make sure you have plenty of catfish in your tank. Isn't that right? Yeah. Hey, man, our catfish may come in the form of a bully at school, a teacher or coach we don't like, another person we don't get along with. Some say amen. It may come in the form of dysfunctional or attitudinal change within our own soul. Sometimes our catfish can be a setback or a disappointment like this year, 2020. Maybe it's a catastrophic failure of your business or some other major area of life. But, but regardless of what form that catfish comes in, watch this, for the believer, its main purpose, now hear this, it's not to destroy you. You may think so, but it's not to destroy you. But it's to define and refine us to keep us from becoming stale. Stand with me if you would, please. In conclusion, there's a purpose in our pain. Romans chapter 5 talks about this. A purpose in our pain. <clears throat> for the Christian, for those who don't know the Lord, stuff's going to happen. It'll continue to happen in your life. And there's no recourse. There's no rescue. There's no help. There's no lifeline. It's just you're on your own. But for the believer, you've got Christ that is there to help you in the local church. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. Let's take a moment and read it. And we're going to pray. Worship team, you can come forward. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Wait, What? Uh, I don't like that verse. I wish that was out of there. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. Is that catfish? And some of you think, Pastor Mike, I don't just have one or two catfish. The whole tank is full of catfish, and I'm the only caught in it. All right, I hear you. <laughs> Patience develops strength of character in us. It helps us to trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. How many want strong and steady faith and hope? Yes. Maybe. 
<laughs> Not a lot of hands went up on that. <laughs> then when this happens, we're able to hold our heads high. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, and know that all is well, for we know how dearly God loves us, and we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Every head bowed, please, this morning. Somebody will always overcome. It might as well be you. It might as well be you. When it looks like nobody's going to make it, somebody always does. Somebody always does. It's not everybody. It's just life. I don't mean that insensitively, but somebody, God is calling us to overcome. And this morning, the challenge is, are you the one? It might as well be you. With every head bowed, you said, Pastor, I'm away from God. I am one of those that you listed off that this year has set me back. I'm not just talking financially. It set you back spiritually. It set you back. You're, you're not like what you were before. Troubles like this of this magnitude that have hit you. And once again, I'm not minimizing the pain. It, is, it has touched all of our lives. All of our lives. The pastor, you say, that's me. And I'm, I'm cold in my heart. I'm a little critical. I'm indifferent. I'm, I've, I've drawn away. I've, uh, and Jesus is here this morning and saying, you know what? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. But I have so many questions, so many unanswered things. The only way you're going to find true answers and peace is in Christ Jesus. And so I really feel the Spirit of God is throwing a lifeline. He's throwing a, a lifeline to many of you here this morning to come back to the Lord, to come back to, to God's purpose for your life, to come back for His call in your life, to come back for uh, uh, what He specifically has for you and you've kind of waned and you've fallen off because of, of the difficulty. To as many as received Him, Jesus Christ, to them gave He power to become sons and daughters of God. That you here this morning is a pastor pray for me. You're not joining this church, but you're joining the family of God. The Bible says that we need to repent and believe the good news. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? You don't just get born in this life, live through life, die, and then hope that you make it. The Bible says specifically, these things are written in my word that you may know you have eternal life. Well, how can anyone know? Jesus said, I want you to know. How do you know? You need to be converted. That's a, that's a term that it's very unfamiliar in some, some denominational churches. You say, what do you mean? Well, God's my father and I must be his child. No, you have the sole right, the master of your soul, to surrender your spirit, man or woman, to Jesus or not. Really? You have that. God has given that to you. And you have this lifetime to do that. If not, you need to face eternity and the consequences of a life separated from God. But God has given each and every one of us an opportunity. And the question is, will you surrender your life to Jesus? And what do I need to do? The Bible says you invite Christ in your life. You recognize what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And you receive him in your life and you ask him to become Lord, Savior, Dictator, Director, be King in my soul. That's what it means to be a believer, a Christian. You have that authority. With every head bowed here this morning, he said, Pastor, I've never done that. I, I just, it's not that I didn't want to. I've never done it. Some of you have been resisting. This is a great time. The Bible says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Will you stand with me here this morning and pray together? Those of you who say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I want this eternal life. I want to know. I want to know that I know that I know. When I die, I'm going to heaven. But I, not just that, I want to know that 
Christ is in me now and I can live this life as an overcomer. If that's you, pray with me, those even listening online here this morning in our Facebook audience. Jesus is right there, right where you're, right where you're sitting, right where you're watching here this morning. If you will pray, he will come into your life. Can we pray corporately here this morning? Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, today I acknowledge I'm a sinner. Jesus, save me. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, if you meant that, we have help for you to help you on your faith and growth. If you don't have a local church where you're challenged to grow in your faith, we welcome you to Church for the Harvest. There are a number of great churches in this area, and we know the pastors and love them dearly. And, um, but if you don't have a place, we welcome you at Harvest. We welcome you to help you along the way, and we have information to help get that to you. Amen, church. How many learned something this morning? How many know that God wants you to be the one?